When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bang, I bang, do bang. let you back. Let me bang you, Let you back. Let you back. Let you back. Greetings, marriage and greatness. Go for Jesus. No, forget Jesus, people. And I'm not surprised, motherfucker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for your favorite mixed martial arts podcast. Recording out of Los Angeles, California, it's MMA Roasted with Adam Hunter. Who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that? What's up, people? Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted podcast. The Adam Hunter. I'm here with Don, the Predator Fry Hall of Famer, as well as the funniest man alive, Don. <laughs> Don Fry once again. No, Greg Wilson. Is- <laughs> that I agree with. That 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 is accurate. We're, we're waiting for McCorkle. We got the whole A team. Uh, Don, how are you doing, man? I'm alive and well today, man. It's shocking, isn't it? Shocking. <laughs> there he is. Yeah, the champ. I love it. Uh, cheers, I- cheers to you, Don. Fry. Cheers to you. I put my. I got my pants. I got my pants on today. You know, now I'm gonna get my wild cotton zipper, and uh, you know, everything's going good. So, love it. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Uh, now my fucking Wi-Fi. Uh, Greg, I saw you last. <laughs> Greg Wilson, I saw you last night at the Dime Bar. I couldn't stay for your set. I had my daughter with me. My wife needed a. Uh, she needed some sleep. She was like beyond tired. And then when I leave the house, you know. Violet's like, Daddy, don't go. So I was crying, grabs my leg. No, no, no. So I'm like, all right, I'll just take her to the bar. Yeah, child, child, protective, child, child protective custody will come after your ass now for, you know, child labor laws and uh, taking them into a, you know, a dangerous environment, you know, fucking ass. What are you doing putting that kid to work at that age anyways? <laughs> <laughs> she was the best part of the show. She loved it. So she introduced Greg Wilson last yeah. uh, So, which was like, yeah, you don't, that's the first rule. That's the first rule of Hollywood. Don't work with children or animals, you know, because <laughs> you, you saw that they didn't get, they didn't get Greg's first joke. They were still staring at the kid and he says something about fucking on the period. And nobody fucking laughed or snorted, you know, you know nothing. Because nothing, you know, you that's can't, can't nothing. compete with the kids. And... <laughs> nothing. Nothing. I'm glad you watched more of the clip than I did. I was hoping that shit wasn't on there. No, you, know, you got to try out that new material somewhere. But that joke, <laughs> that joke's actually been working. I actually opened with that, expecting it to kind of set the stage. I was like, whoo, this fucking room's ice cold. Mother, what happened in here before I got yeah. here? It was it was a tough crowd last night. I think there were too many comics there last night. It was like two two. It was like people that 
you didn't know were comics that were sitting in the front because after they didn't laugh at the comics, they were coming up to me like, "Hey, can I come up?" And I'm like, "Fuck." So I think it was a yeah. Fun. They do and they do that. They always sit there and play make me laugh. You know, they're like, mm, "Not that funny." I can do better. You know, it's like, okay, fuck. You. No, I was, totally got that vibe, and I recognize. Yeah, that what is that? So. What is with that bullshit in the comedy? They don't laugh at each other's jokes. You know. That's horseshit. That's like a fighter not fucking clapping in a good fight. You know, it's you know, it's, it's a young comic. Uh, you got to support each comics, other. You're 100 percent right, Don. You're a thousand percent right. And 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 professional comics do. It tends to be amateur comics that don't. They're filled with jealousy. They're afraid that any step up you might take somehow puts them down. It's it is and it's something that I when I you know you know obviously I teach workshops and it's one of the things I talk about like don't do that it's pointless you you know everyone's going to get better if you if you just laugh long and enjoy each other it's going to make the whole experience better but young comics just tend to be so fucking jealous of each other that they want to sit there and pretend like nothing's funny except them. And, and I hate to tell like most of you are never or... even going to become professionals. So it doesn't you see you clubs and flyers. No, they're going to kill the crowd. Like what happened when they, they're going to kill the fucking crowd. I mean, you know, happiness is contagious. So is miserable. You know, and... you know, oh boy, you nailed it once again, Don Fry. God damn, we need the book of Don. <laughs> you know, we really, no, we do. We need the book of Don. People need to fucking listen to Don fucking Fry, man. You'd be surprised yeah. how many people, how many people listen to podcasts, fighters especially, that text me, go, dude, Don Fry is a fucking gem, or dude, Don Fry had me had me crying, or Don Fry, blah blah blah. But but here's what the, the right. towel, the towel of Fry. <laughs> That's what we call it. Terrible towel. The terrible oh, towel. Yeah. That's what we call it. The terrible towel. You know, the philosophies of Don Fry. That'd be fucking genius. Don, we got to interview exclusively. We got to get all this down. Greg, you're, uh, you're, your mic's screeching a little bit. So if it's, it's You know what? Let me switch to hardwired. Let me switch to hardwired. That's his natural voice. You know that. Come on. <laughs> but it was funny, though, because, like, like I said, so I took my kid there and, and to the show, and I, I gave her headphones. So she can't hear any, any of the jokes. Like, And then she's it's watching smart. her. And she's watching her TV, you know, cartoons. She's eating mashed potatoes. And then she's like, I want to introduce the comics. Can I? So I bring her up on stage and I go, ladies and gentlemen, Greg Wilson. She goes, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Greg Wilson. The place goes ballistic. I immediately immediately take her out of the place and I watch the video. And it goes from the cutest thing ever to Greg Wilson going, you can tell how well you're doing in life by how willing you are to have period sex. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it goes right to period sex it was well, like, he had a kid he had, he had the evidence there you know shit <laughs> um i was talking to somebody and they're like i think i was pretty high when i said this but sometimes when, when you're high you come up with the best knowledge i think greg got cut off and sean's saying he's having a hard time uh clocking back on but uh you know with anything in life there's like a certain trust I don't have, you know, like whether it's my, my wife or, or my friends, you always think like, yeah, I'm always one fuck up away from my wife leaving, or I'm always, I'm one cheating away or one this away, or one day she can come home and be like, you know, I'm just not feeling the marriage. Or, personally, I just have a trust issue. And it goes back to my childhood and my, my mom abandoning me at three. And then I'm saying, this is your new mom. But when you have kids, oh, that- 
they're all that way, man. They're all fucking shit crazy, and you know they they can flip, they can roll over on a fucking sneeze, man. You know. But when you have a kid, just your life. But when you have a kid, it's a it's the most it's the most uh, purest form of love. Like like literally, your kids like when your kid loves you, your kid loves you. There's nothing. There's really nothing. Like I'm never worried about my daughter one day leaving me. You know, or, or my. No, I was like, wait a minute. I was gonna say until about age thirteen. Maybe. maybe. Wait till you wait. wait till you get a divorce and they take her side. Uh, oh, you're on the road. You're you're on the road, and she's at home with them every fucking day. You know, you're poisoning them. Poisoning them. Yeah, yeah. Don, how did you? How the did terrible you, towel. The terrible towel. Don, how did you? How did you deal with that? Not well. I wasn't happy at all. I'm still dealing with it. You know, the kids still have uh, problems. You know. Uh, we're, you know, we're still armed, at arm's length a lot of the times. But then you know, they, it's been six six years. But didn't they didn't they come and take care of you when you were sick? Part of the time, yeah, yeah, they, they weren't there uh, completely. <laughs> but I'm <they're> <laughs> not to die. You know, them, them and my girlfriend they would take shifts, you know, so I can't complain. Did I? Yeah, have- that's still that's still love. There's still love there. Yeah. You could see it. It's still there. It's absolutely still there. I'm, I'm, I thank God for it every day, you know. But I mean, you gotta. They still, they still have issues, you know. So a lot of issues. Dude, I found this, uh, this book I wrote. This report I wrote to when I was in tenth grade. I wrote a autobiography for school, and I've been reading it to my therapist. And uh, you don't realize how fucked up your your life is sometimes until you're like until, reading, you until you're reading it. As a third person, uh, you know, basically talking about how, you know, how my mom, you know, when, when I was three, my, they were like, this is your new mom. Literally, like, my dad got married and they're like, your mom's gone. This is your new mom. Like, you have to start over, you know, and it was like right away. And she had, you know, her son and then she that was her son. So me and my sister, it was basically like a fucking Cinderella story, uh, like, a, like a bad fairy tale where the evil stepmom has the kids and you have to watch that and not to bore everybody, but, but also just some crazy shit of like, when I was in third grade, I got hit by, a, I had a job when I was in third grade of like cleaning the floors of a pharmacy in exchange for baseball cards. And of course I got hit by a car on the way. So I go like, I go, I go like 10 feet in the air. I'm completely knocked out. And kids come and take the fucking baseball cards. Like all these ambulances. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing. I only started going like, I'm not trying to laughing. Dude, I'm gonna oh, blame, blame, blame Marty. That's, that's it. Blame Marty. Because <laughs> kids are so cruel. And that's the thing. Childhood, it really uses to be survived. Yeah. I mean, we take so many risks as children. You go through so many things. Half of them your parents never find out about or want to know about, you know. Right. And because, but we all just kind of go through it. You just you wind up an adult one day, like, how the fuck did I survive all that shit? God <laughs> damn, that was risky behavior. We used to fucking jump our bikes over fucking creeks that could have killed us, like dumbass fucking shit all the time and then you'd come home and be like oh no yeah another day and then you know it's like that 
It's like that boat scene in Jaws where they're showing scars, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just so I get like, like, we're gonna need a bigger boat. Hey, so, yeah. my car call. What's dude, that, dude, dude, then like so then I was talking about, uh, I'm like, I found a, a, a report that I, um, I'm reading to my therapist about my life and I wrote in 10th grade and just the, some of the fucked up shit that I'm reading, you know, uh, about how like one of I was telling them I got hit by a car in the third grade. I was completely out in a hospital for a month at a baseball cards and they got all in the air and kids came and ran and took the fucking cards, you know, like while I'm being carried away at a uh, stretcher show. And then another thing I was, a, I was a huge thief. So like when I was in, I don't know, second grade, I would go and steal I, clothes. Wait, 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 wait. Here it comes. Here it comes. Towel, go, towel, you terrible go, towel. You go from you go from getting robbed to being a thief. Thank you, know, you. And, and Thank you, you want sympathy? You want sympathy? Right. I'm sure it was karma, dude. It was karma. But Reverse so, karma. Did I remember karma? Did I remember like stealing baseball cards and this and that and tapes and cassette tapes? So I stole a toolbox. From, like my dad worked at this like where they had all these things they sold clothes and stuff so i stole it was like a hundred dollar toolbox and i and i was i must have been like eight or nine and i gave it to my dad for father's day and he's like <laughs> and, he, and he's so happy like oh what a great kid but he never questioned where i got the hundred dollars <laughs> yeah like where would my son who has no money get this hundred dollar toolbox like baseball, what, baseball. what was he thinking? Like, look at my son selling his ass just to buy me a Father's Day present. What a what a kid! He probably thought you fought in the slap league and got your purse. Oh, speaking of which, by the way, we're going to talk about that. So it came out Eric Spicely, who is a former UFC fighter, good fighter. He got offered two thousand dollars to to slap, two thousand to win for the slap league. That's what they're paying. $2,000. I mean, come on. Listen, nationally, nationally televised on a, ne a nationwide network, and you're giving a guy two grand to ruin his brain. Like, that's almost as bad. I think Don probably got more, paid more than that for his first UFC fight. You know what I mean? Like, no, I got 500. I got $500. Golly, man. I got, I got $50 for my first fight, but the, it turned out worse for the other guy. But, uh, yeah, I'll leave for free and never got the money, you know. Dude, listen, summer. listen. When when I was doing VH1, VH1, which is part of Viacom, okay. First, they would ask us to do those talking heads shows for free. And then <laughs> my manager would be like, No, he's not doing them for free. And then they'd be oh, like, yeah. then they'd be <laughs> like, Okay, we reworked the budget. We've got five hundred dollars. They would pay us five hundred dollars. For shows broadcast nationally, internationally, and they'd act like Viacom was broke. Like they were just broke. So ESPN, ESPN, no money for talent. Dude, Sports Nation, I did it twice. Nothing. Not, That's not, what they do, because they know we need the exposure. So they know that we, you know, that we're, so they're willing to dangle that carrot. Like, listen, we'll put you on fucking VH1, which, you know what? They knew we're comics. We need the exposure. And, but I wasn't going to work for free. Yeah, you're not I getting one, slapped in the face. You're not getting I did, one, I did one for free. And then after that, I was like, no, no, no. no. I did Greg, one for free. Not, now you got to pay. But Greg, you're not getting CTE. I mean, these people are getting knocked the fuck out on national television for $2,000. Well, it's better than telling a bad joke on it. National TV. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Don. I think. I think. Thank you. I think. Uh, I think you're on my side. I'm not sure. Yeah, just think there's a. Uh, there's, there's only a few people in the world who've done both 
on national TV, getting oh, knocked there, out here, here, here we and go. told terrible jokes on national TV. Here we go. Do All it. Right. Do it. <laughs> Get it, boy. Get it. Call it. Call it. Time of rival. So, yeah, that's – I don't understand. I, I still don't understand why people want to watch the slap league. I, I, I can't – I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just too biased because of wrestling. Can I tell you something? The more you can't believe it, the more people are going to do in it. Every I have been the worst prognosticator of what's going to be a success in entertainment my entire career. I remember the year that uh, a 30 Rock came out at the same time as another show called Studio 60. Oh, they yeah. were both set in the SNL world. They were basically both about a late night scripted sketch show. One was written by Aaron Sorkin and was brilliant, called Studio 60. The other one written by the, uh, uh, what's her name? And it was more, you know, a slapstick comedy. I remember watching them and going, oh, Studio 60's fucking genius. That other one's garbage. Well, which one do you think fucking stuck around? <laughs> you know, yeah. hey, the second you think something's garbage, I promise you, that's the one thing that these execs know. People yeah, love I, yeah, garbage. It got 300,000 views the first time, and that was and it was a lead-in for wrestling. I, Sean, what do you think about the slap league? Man, I thought it used to be funny when the radio stations would do it, and they'd have two women get up there and smack each other who didn't like each other. There was a personal story behind it. You slept my boyfriend, this or that. And it was very limited, the damage they were doing to each other. One, because women are weaker than men. Um, and two, because um, they, I mean, it was just, they weren't, these aren't trained 300 pound athletes who practice slapping people in the face. You know what I mean? Like heavyweights have knockouts all the time for a reason. I mean, I, I would have loved to have been one of these little 125 pound twerps that went to war, you know, or yeah. whatever. Like, you know, that was a heck of a war when you got someone smaller than my girlfriend punch you in the face 20 times in a fight. Like it's not, you know, that's why they never, they can't even, they couldn't knock out anybody, but um, that uh, it's ridiculous, man. Like someone is going to die. They really are get permanent brain damage. And then like everything else, TBS and everybody's just going to walk from it. Like, yeah, I don't know what that was about. You know, it's crazy. Well, they haven't exactly. They haven't signed the releases. They haven't signed the non, you know, the, the, the clauses that say they can't sue them or come after them. And that they accept the same thing, et cetera, same, et cetera. With the, uh, same thing with the, uh, COVID-19 uh, inoculation, you know? <laughs> yeah, dude, here's one for you. I go to get a shot in my back one time, uh, and I have to sign something saying I won't sue him if he paralyzes me, but there's no danger of paralysis because he's nowhere near my spinal cord. I said, okay, cool, then I don't have to sign it, right? Because if there's no danger of it, there's no right. reason for him to sign it. And he wouldn't he wouldn't do it. And I said, well, I'm not doing I'm not signing anything. I'll sue the shit out of you. And, uh, you know, if you put, cripple me. And so then they agreed to do it anyway because how low it was in my back. And then after he did it, I pretended like I was crippled for like 10 seconds and couldn't move. Just the doctor almost passed out. Like he, his face was pure horror. I said, I can't feel my legs. Like what? I, I can't feel it. I can't, I can't move. And he looked over at me and he about like, look, wide as a sheep. And uh, then I started laughing. I said, I'm just kidding. The nurse lost it laughing. The doctor did not think it was funny. So and and then McCorkle wonders why he can't get quality medical care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's go to Germany. Now, yeah. I have to tell you this. I feel like there's a there's some kind of a chart where they might make notes about hey, this guy's gonna fuck with you. You better watch yeah. out. You know what's crazy about that is I was trying to enter an army base one time and they were reading my file in front of me but wouldn't let me see it and they were questioning whether they would let me in or not. Like they were looking at it. Like the, the guy was looking at it. I said, wait, there's a file on me? Like government file? He goes, yeah. He kept just reading it, kind of shaking his head. And I was like, what's it say? I was dying to know what it said. 
but they ended up letting me pass anyway. But that was that was the opposite time of the other time when I said that I had Al Qaeda ties, but only I kept them all off base. You know, I would only but do you it. You also said that James Krause was international cock smuggler, right? No, that was uh, that was the other uh, Zach uh, Cummings that was with us. I told a uh, MP on a submarine that I had something important to talk to him about, and this is in a this is like in Qatar, some like war. You zone. are so fucking. And I said, uh, I said that guy over there. I caught him. I was listening to him last night. Talk to somebody here. You know, like one of these. Arab dudes, man. I said, listen, I'm not, it's none of my business. He's, he's taking, he's got M16, like he's dead serious. Head of security going to this nuke sub. I said, uh, I heard him talking about, I guess, uh, I guess Zach is like part of an international cock smuggling ring and he puts like 12 or 15 up his ass. And I think he's got at least one right now and he's trying to bring him on the ship. And the guy goes, what, 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 what ring? Like he's like, he gets ready to start calling a supervisor officer. I said, dude, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking, you know, or whatever. And he, uh, they did not. They didn't take lightly to it. I got a good talking to. I also got a good talking to when a, um, a the lady leading that tour who was trying to sleep with me the whole time. By the way, uh, the lady leading me on the tour tried to. Um, she. They had told us someone had killed themselves by hanging themselves. Did I tell you guys this before? No. No. They had. They were jerking off and accidentally hung themselves. And I said, "Well, how do you know it wasn't just suicide? You know, whatever this. The, they're leading us on this tour of the base. And they said we just found a soldier. And they said, well, because he had an orange in his mouth. And I was like, people that eat oranges don't commit suicide. They said, no. When they jerk off as they're hanging themselves, they bite into an orange and it makes it better. And I was like, dude, that's. I would just hire a hooker. You know, what I mean, that's a lot yeah. of work. You're hanging yourself. You're biting oranges. You're trying, you know, trying to get your vitamin D. Like, what is going on? So. Vitamin C. So yeah, um, I, I, was say, I, was, I was gonna say, just add that to the list of the benefits of vitamin C. Yeah, that's uh, so they they tell us that story. So later on that day, we meet a colonel, and he's real gung ho, dude. He's ready to go to war. He comes in on the on this aircraft carrier. He's like, I want who wants to choke me out. I'm gonna show these troops. I'm not afraid to get choked out. And I was like, Sir, that's yeah, that's that's not good. You know, I said I, I'm not doing it because I, I could hurt him. I don't know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like I just try to rip people's heads off when I choke them out. If I don't, I don't have like skill. And Krause is like, if you want to go out, I'll do it. He said I can do it to right before. I know right before you go out. He probably had inside information and was betting on it. Would be my guess. <laughs> um, but uh, sorry, James, that's what you get for not texting me back when you were at your lowest. Um, so um, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I hear James Krause is having all these problems. I hit him up. Hey man, I haven't talked to you a couple years. If you need anything, let me know. Like anything, don't text me back. I'm like, all right, cool. Never mind, buddy. I guess you probably got some got some parlays going. You're watching. So, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so he's picking, picking oranges. He's got a bag of oranges. He's got to get oranges there. and he shopping for. Return this text. Picking oranges and shopping for rickety stools on Amazon. So anyway, <laughs> oh my um, god, this the uh, where was I? So this colonel, I don't know. We're we're on this aircraft carrier. We're all like, wondering where we are right now. Oh, oranges, the oranges, the oranges. <laughs> okay, so we're on the we're on the deck, and they had this like buffet out there on the aircraft carrier. It's really cool. But I know as I notice as the colonel's getting choked out, there's some oranges over in the fruit. <laughs> So this had happened the day before. So I reach over and grab one and I said, sir, bite into this right before you go out. It'll make everything a lot better. Swear to God, I said it to him. And his face like was like a mixture between like, I don't know, like if your dad caught you banging a supermodel when you're 13, like it was disappointment and like pride at the same time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm very familiar with that. Lost yes. it. Yeah. Like. 300 soldiers all started telling each other what was said, and the whole crew lost it. Right. It was sad, but it was, uh, I mean, he had just done it the day before, but I, that's the risk you, when you run in the uh, the jerk-off hanging game, I guess those are the risk you Dude, run there was a There was a kid on my wrestling team uh, in high school, a boarding school, who said, he, he was talking about how 
he uh, they were all fingering an orange one time. They would give oranges to all the kids afterwards. And he said he was fingering. He goes, well, this feels like a pussy, you know? So he said, he said that night he took it back to his dorm and started fucking it. And people were like, well, how'd it go? This is our captain. And he's like, it was terrible. It just fell apart. Dude, we threw an orange at him every time we see him. <laughs> every time we see him. <laughs> he would walk into a room and fucking orange fucking throw it at him. Um, but I used to do improv with this guy named Steve. And the first time, okay, so my buddy Phil would always tell the story about the first time he went over to Steve's apartment. He looks in, he looks through the doorway of the, of the bedroom and he sees that he's got a, a beer koozie like stuck between the the mattress and the box spring. And he and he's like, the fuck is that? And he goes, oh, I fuck it. <laughs> yeah, naturally. <laughs> then, no. And then he like leans down in front of him and is like, you know, you just fucking you know, uh -huh. you go like that. And he starts like, you know, like acting out fucking the fucking beer koozie. In case the guy, in case the guy didn't know what he meant. In case he couldn't put it together. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like this. You just get on and you go like this. <laughs> and then my buddy made his crazy angel. He goes, you're in the troop. Oh, and that's God. how we became friends. You were like, <laughs> yes, and But we were talking about, by the way, uh, permission, right? So when I was on Last Comic Standing, I talk about my mom was crazy. They wanted me to like, okay, you have to find your mom. And have her sign a form saying she, it's okay that I say she's crazy. I'm like, wow. dude, I haven't seen her since I was fucking three. Second of all, if you sign a form saying it's okay for someone to say you're crazy, wouldn't you just be crazy? Like, how would that even hold up? Right. Uh, <laughs> it just but, proves you're crazy. But I was, I was thinking these are the list of, of notes because you have to have all your notes. You have to hand in your your like set, and then the network gives you back notes. So the, the notes on last comic standing, I just looked them up. Here are the revised notes. I'll check with Andrew about the orgasm mention. Paragraph 10, lose the shit mention. Paragraph 28, lose the camel toe ring joke is rejected. Paragraph 32, the penis slash headband joke is still rejected. This is somebody's job. Paragraph 33, lose the orgasm mention. He could say, and then the fireworks went off and balloons started falling down from the ceiling. Some guy walks in with a big check. Paragraph 39, lose the putting my testicles on my girlfriend's shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Paragraph you, you really, you submitted a lot of uh, strong network clean material. That's Paragraph that. 49, lose the ejaculation mention, saying performance would be acceptable. Uh, <laughs> Craziness. Sound like they were ruining your sex life, too. <laughs> Gonna stop all that? But if you're 13, you can get a sex change without, you know, consulting your parents. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got one better for you guys. Go I want go signed... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I want signed a dead kid's name on a uh, on a oh release. Oh my god, I'm sorry because that I said you go. Oh, <laughs> some uh, some guy begged me to put his dead son's name on my shorts for the UFC as a sponsor, and he said he would pay me. I said you don't have to pay me. I'll put his name on my shorts. Yeah, I put his name on my shorts. They said that well, we want to know who that is. The UFC said I said it's a kid that died in a car accident. You know, blah blah blah. Well, we need him to sign that. Like they actually send that back to. Me. We need his release on that. And I was like, they obviously didn't understand what I meant. You know that the kid's dead. And I said, um, okay. So I just signed his name. I don't want to say it because not like somebody's. <laughs> but I signed the name that it was like on the release and sent it back to him. And they cleared it. So it was oh, like, I, uh, yeah, that was that was a little odd. It was. Uh, I don't think that would hold up in court either.
By the way, wait, one of the you know, things- no one can do some good and bad at the same time, <laughs> like you, McCorkle. It's really your remarkable mind. I just love how Don always sneaks politics. Like I remember one time he goes, "I go, Don, what do you think about, about the fight?" He goes, "That guy was sneaky, like the Chinese." <laughs> <laughs> it's the terrible town. It's the terrible town. All right, so let's talk. Let's talk about the fights last week. Uh, did I, I, listen, go ahead. I can click off for this if you'd like, because I didn't fucking watch that shit. <laughs> you didn't, so. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you what happened. So, John Mahal Hill fought Glover Teixeira in Brazil. And in a fight no one would pay to see. Uh, respect to Glover Teixeira. I think if the fight was 100 rounds, he might have won based on the guy breaking both of his <laughs> hands on his head. I mean, he may be the toughest. He's like a zombie. The guy's a walking fucking zombie. But he just got the shit beaten out of him to the point where... It was like, I mean, if it wasn't, I can understand why they didn't throw the towel because he he has come back in the fifth round. But man, the problem is when somebody comes back in the fourth or fifth round, you know, and you let him take a beating when he doesn't, he just took a huge fucking beating. So, uh, Sean, did you watch it at all? No, I'm, I'm waiting for him to go to the slap league because that's obviously what's next if he retired because it hasn't <laughs> got any kind of pension or anything. So, or enough money to save it. But yeah, that was the, uh, you know, when they announced that main event as a championship fight, I was like, finally the fight we've all been waiting for. You know, Thank you. Glover Teixeira, who's 112, and uh, some guy whose name is Jamal, but they call him Jamahal because everybody's trying to be, pronounce it correctly. But let's be honest, they spelled his name wrong on the birth certificate. His name is Jamal. Um, but uh, I used to I used to have a friend named Devon, D-V-O-N. And uh, he was like, no, that's, that's the way my parents meant for it to be. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure that's, I'm sure, I'm sure they knew that. <laughs> You know, or whatever, but uh, yeah, that's uh, the UFC. I canceled my yeah, my ESPN Plus. I'm not watching it anymore unless it's free, man. I'm not. I am not paying a dime to ESPN Plus or the UFC for this bullshit they're passing off as pay per views. I the, the I looked on their schedule. I don't see anything I care to watch the next three or four months. Even talked about fights. You know what I mean? Oh, like no, even the, the, March fourth is a good one. The John Jones. Oh yeah, and I gotta say, and I have complained about the watering down of the UFC ever since WME bought them out. And they took over and started just saturating the fucking market with fights over and over and over again. Instead of building up to great cards, but they do still, on occasion, put together a great card. This well, they need to they need to bring Joe Silva back. They need to bring Joe Silva back as as the uh, as the scheduler. Yeah. yeah, without this question. Guy, yeah, this guy is just doing a shit job. Well, I mean, what happens like, is also I think that they figure, oh, it's in Brazil, so we'll just throw a bunch of. Great Brazilian Brazilians, Brazilians, right? And, but like, show we'll bring out, we'll bring out the carcass years. of Glover Teixeira <laughs> and <laughs> prop him up against some guy that's on the come up. Like, no, this that was a UFC fight night main event at best. Well, the other fight on the card, uh, another a couple of big fights. So, Brandon Moreno for the fourth time fought uh, Division Figueredo. Figueredo lost, Moreno won. He he hit him like he hit him and then kind of. Poked him in the eye, but not really. But it, it, the fight was stopped because he couldn't open his eye. And then when he went back to the Moreno one, but when he went back to when he walked back, Brazilian fans were just pelting him with sodas and drinks and food. And it was like, guys, what the fuck, man? Like, you know, here's the thing. That was the fight that I felt. If you're gonna market a fight, this is the fight you fucking put at the top. This yeah. is two names you know. This is the number four rematch. Like, this has got draw. This why would you put the other two jerk off? I mean, it makes zero sense. 
Don, do you ever get pelted with food or drinks? Come on. In his um, bedroom. Yeah, in my bedroom, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Did the old uh, nine and a half weeks, you know, big fat broad. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and we were fighting for scraps in the kids in the refrigerator. But did you ever have a fight where people actually booed you or no? Oh, yeah. They booed me. They booed me in my first UFC fight. Remember when I fought the Puerto Rican guy down there in Puerto Rico? Oh, the and, huge fat guy? Uh, yeah. yeah. When, when I fought, or back when I wrestled in college, uh, Oki State, and we wrestled uh, Nebraska. And, uh, yeah, it come down to the heavyweight fight, I think. I don't know. But, anyways, you know, Nebraska hates Oklahoma. So they were throwing shit at me. We wrestled. We went off the mat into the crowd. People were kicking me, you know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I actually remember the fight. They threw food at that guy on his way to the cage. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's how he ended up being that size by the time he got there. John, you ever get booed? John, you ever get booed? I did. I wanted to be the bad guy like Ric Flair so bad in an MMA match. I talked all kind of shit leading up to UFC 124, which they made the, the co-main event of a George St. Pierre pay-per-view, which in my second fight, nobody thought that had never been done besides Brock Lesnar. Um, which I really showed up for that fight too, but um, no, so uh, I came out and they booed me in Montreal, 23,000 people, and it hurt my feelings. Like, I was like, I thought, I thought everybody was in on the joke, like, I'm like being funny when I'm saying how awesome and good looking I am, you know what I mean, or whatever. So, I thought I would get like the Ric Flair welcome, and instead, the whole place booed me on national TV. And my son even texted me, said, Why are they booing you? Like, during the fight, like, he asked, Why, why are they booing you? And it was like, it actually hurt my feelings. I was like, Dang, I don't, I never want to be booed again. Like, I was like, I didn't want, I didn't. Sean, I, I gotta tell you, Sean, uh, no one is ever also in on the joke. Uh, <laughs> you are the most not in on the joke motherfucker I've ever met in my life. In the what best about- way, in a good way, in the best right, way. In, a, in Poland, they were indifferent. In a six foot seven, 300 pounds. Wait, wait, hold on. I don't get that. You fought the world's strongest man from Poland in Poland and they didn't boo you? They, no, they were really indifferent toward me as I came out. They didn't. And after I won, they didn't really cheer or anything. So then I said that Poland was my favorite country, even over the U.S. And uh, I said that because they don't start wars in foreign countries to steal their natural resources and the place exploded. And um, if you look on the Internet, search my name and Poland and it'll say McCorkle B's Pujanowski, blah, 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 declares Poland favorite country over U.S. Like that was a headline on ESPN or whatever. Like it was uh, it actually made the news that I declared Poland my favorite country over the U.S. It was amazing. Like I just uh, again, to- is that a joke? Uh, <laughs> yeah. No one knows. It can be true and a joke at the same time. But by the way, absolutely. absolutely. By the way, Brandon Moreno. Well, they were feeding him. They were him that night. So, you know, his favorite, favorite place. By the way, Brandon Moreno is like the nicest guy ever. I remember when I shot the special, they turned the Apex into a comedy club, right? And they're like, hey, Dana White's going to give you a speech. And it's like a day after the election, right? So I like go in there and he's like, Joe Biden's fucking ruining it. Like just goes off on, like this was the speech. Great <laughs> intro. And like he didn't have your daughter around for this. Dude, the, the, the camera guys went from filming it to putting their to putting their cameras down halfway through the speech because they were like, "Do we even have jobs here?" And then he goes, "Make us laugh, kid," and fucking like leaves the room. Like I don't know what meeting he came to from from there, but it was like. So then I walk out there, and the the, the place holds three hundred people. There's forty seven people because of COVID. They all have face masks. Um, and it's Brandon Moreno and his seven teammates who I don't think speak English is all his coaches. And then it's Mike Perry in the front with his pregnant girlfriend, <laughs> who I think is a teenager at the time. I was going to say, who's 11. 
Right. And Dana White's the only one not wearing a mask in the back. Like everyone else, like with his arms folded. Dude, this was this was. A, but Moreno was a fucking good dude. He was. I don't know if he got all the jokes, but he was that he was the best. Like, and I'm kidding. He, uh, I heard that when he said Biden sucks, there was one person that gave him a stand ovation uh, on his way out. And it was Don Fry. Had snuck in the back and was like, uh, <laughs> thought he was cheering for you as he walked in. <laughs> so, uh, also, if you guys missed it, Gilbert Burns beat Neil Magny pretty. Qu- he just beat up Neil Magny. Uh, Jessica Andrade fought Lauren Murphy. She's the one that had the heroin problem, uh, lost custody, came back. You know what, though? Listen, I didn't see the fight. I only know the results. But I got to give it up to Lauren Murphy for her to go the distance with Jessica Andrade. That, that, I mean, Jessica's uh, far more into her prime. I mean, that shows toughness, resilience. I give it up for Lauren Murphy. Again, didn't see it, but that's true. That's pretty impressive. Good for you. And Mark. congratulations to Murphy for being one of only 75 women fighters that used to take heroin. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, most of them were just cheated on and beat up by their ex-boyfriend. Right. right. Uh, and then I felt, and then Johnny Walker won uh, his fight. He beat this guy, Paul Craig, who could only beat Dagestanians. For some reason, he beats everyone from Dagestan, and then he loses. And then Craig started breakdancing again in the octagon and didn't pull his shoulder this time. Oh, Can I tell you that that if I if I had bet on this, I would have lost on Paul Craig. <laughs> Dude, uh, he, I would have put the money on Paul Craig. I really would have thought he would have won that fight. But fuck, round one, two sixteen. It was a TKO. Jeez, good for Johnny Walker. We got to start paying attention to this guy. I mean, Paul Craig is not a fucking. He is no pushover. That is not an easy fight. You got to you got to better better put some you better put some liquor in your cup, Johnny Walker cup. On the uh, on the bright side, um, he did keep his word to go down in under three minutes to James Krause. So um, that's uh, <laughs> that's the bonus on uh, that. He did he did make the three minute cutoff. So. Uh, Shogun got killed, uh, and he, he's he's going to retire. He said, and then Terrence McKinney, who's wait kid- a minute. So Shogun came out of retirement to re-retire. What yes. a fight! What's up, people? Listen, I got to talk to you about HelloFresh. All right. Now, with HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. My wife and I, we had the best meal we've had in ages, thanks to HelloFresh. I'm telling you, you could skip trips to the grocery store and you can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Not number two, not number three, number one. Look, we all have New Year's goals, right? Well, HelloFresh is here to help you achieve them. Skip the grocery store and take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. Are you looking for an easy way to eat well and save money this year? I know I am. Okay, so cut back on those expensive takeout and delivery. Yeah, you go out there, it's gas, and you get there, and you got to pay for parking, and this and that. People are, it annoys you. Listen, HelloFresh has you covered, okay? You'll love how fast, easy, and affordable it is to just whip up uh, a recipe, and just, you get a restaurant-quality meal right in your own kitchen, all right? Eating well is top of the mind this month. It's comforting to know you always get top quality with HelloFresh. The ingredients travel all the way from the farm to you in less than seven days. So you know they're fresh, okay? I'm telling you, my wife, we've had the greatest meals. I'm so happy for HelloFresh, all right? So you got to do this. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Roasted21. 
and use code ROASTED21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping, okay? HelloFresh.com slash ROASTED21 and use code ROASTED21, like I just said, for 21 free meals plus free shipping, all right? Check out HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You always find the latest football odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports and events. Bet Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. And then I felt bad for Terrence because he's a kid that um, he was pronounced dead twice by, remember he was like on LSD. <laughs> now three fell, times. And then he <laughs> fell off his roof and then got tased by the cops. Um, so he, he fought- How the- dangerous do you gotta look? <laughs> to fall off your room and have a cop show up and go get it (laughs) so then he fought this guy uh these two brothers the bomb fiend brothers and he got fucking wrecked and uh terrence was on terrence is a great fighter so here's the deal so he's in a fight right now with the guys over at barstool sports because terrence got knocked out and he's laying there unconscious and bar the kid from barstool writes this is uh 10 minutes before, Terrence said, Barstool doesn't know anything about MMA. And they post this meme. And Terrence is like, we're not fucking memes here. And I got to say, like, I've never been a fan of making fun of someone when they're knocked out, unconscious. I don't post those memes. And I, I can see why he's mad. It's kind of, it's kind of bullshit. No, but wait a minute, but wait a minute, wait a minute. But Terrence said it, Terrence said Barstool knows nothing about UFC first. I don't know what happens, but Terrence said that uh, Barstool owes him an apology. And that he's not doing any type of uh, any type of interviews with Barstool until they give him an apology. Probably because they didn't pronounce him dead, and he was like, "Hey, that's my gimmick. Like, you got to pronounce me dead before I'll work with you." Uh, so, yeah. So he, yeah, yeah. So he basically said, "I'm not talking to one Barstool employee past this comment until Robbie owes me an apology." Your company thrives off making memes off the athletes you watch every week. Each one of you act like you're better than those you write about. We ain't memes, bro. So that's what he wrote. Um, and then know. they made a meme about him being knocked the fuck out. Uh, so in other words, other news. Oof, that's uh, Listen, I don't know whose side I'm on. I'm not on anybody's side in that one. That one sucks. I'm on Terrence's side. So uh, McGregor got accused of attacking a woman on a yacht in Ibiza. Uh, I guess it was a birthday party. He said She said he kicked her in the stomach, uh, punched Whoa. her. And said he was there dead. is no there is no part of that description I don't believe. Uh, and said he was going to drown her. Um, he looked like he was out of control. That's what she said. Uh, you know, wait, wait, uh, wait, wait. Did, did she have any scars, bruises, open wounds? You know, come on, any evidence? Uh, I don't know. It's just basically she's. Uh, you know, I don't. McGregor needs somebody around him all the time to keep him 
keep people away from him. But if I mean, if he did that, he should go to jail. Obviously, fuck him. He needs a he needs a handler. Yeah, he needs a for sure. He does. Yeah, he needs somebody to cool him off. And the problem is, when you're Conor McGregor and you want to live the life you want, you could have somebody follow you around and film everything. But when you're doing the shit he does, that's illegal. You can't be you can't be snorting cocaine and cheating on your wife on film. You know what I mean? So it's uh, he's going to end up he'll end up in prison, dude. If he doesn't stop, he's someone is going to accuse him of rape, just like they did Mike Tyson, or he will actually rape someone like Kobe Bryant did. Um, but either way, at this rate, he really is going to end up in prison. Like he's going to uh, he's and you know what's funny is I don't think he's responded to it. I don't know how you guys would react if someone accused me of something like that. But if it weren't true, I wouldn't listen to lawyers. I wouldn't anything. I'd be like, she's full of shit. I didn't do any of that, you know, or whatever. Like she's a liar. That's how you know when uh, when Kobe gave a girl ten million dollars and apologized to her publicly on national TV for not raping her. Uh, that's how you know he was guilty. Whereas Mike Tyson to this day is like, fuck that bitch. She's a liar. You know what I mean? Or whatever. And Kobe's like, I, I apologize to the young lady. Um, I gave her $10 million um, and I didn't do it. You know, I'm not guilty. Like, yeah. Okay, buddy. But uh, yeah, no, when they say silent, that's how you know they're working the payoff because they did it. You know? Oh, it's that suck because McGregor was a plumber. The guy was a fucking plumber and he went from, came from nothing to, uh, to achieve what he is. And it's like, Dude, you have everything. You have everything right now. You got the talent. You got the money. You got the fame. You got. You never have to. Fame, fame is a hard fucking thing to handle when you don't know how, man. It you is know? fame. Fame is fame is a blessing and a curse. It's a poison. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. it can it poisons your mind. It makes you think that you're above the law. That you're above the rules. That you're above the, you know right. good behavior. And it's like you still. Are responsible for it makes you think you're not responsible for your own actions, Don. Did you and, ever, and that, Don, that's when it becomes a problem, Don. You ever get caught up in that? Yeah, I, I when I I acted real fucking stupid um, a lot of times, you know, when I was at up there in, in the fame category, you know, and uh, you, you just get stuck on stupid. You you get to the fame level and, and the dumbass. Uh, level follows you, you know, is an equal equal opportunity employer. <laughs> Boy, put that in the terrible towel. Uh, so Nick Diaz is in a new movie with John Claude Van Damme, Shannon Doherty, and Eric Roberts. Oh, what's it called? Dazed and confused. <laughs> Gotta see this. Gotta see this. It's called Darkness of Man. Um, I, I personally <laughs> want to see this movie. <laughs> Who are the who's in it again? Nick Diaz and who? Nick Diaz, Eric Roberts, uh. Shannon, Shannon Doherty, uh, and John uh. Claude Van Damme. God, can you imagine the budget on that one? That's like slap league money. <laughs> Come on, a... I would watch uh. that. Come on, you're not gonna watch that. Fucking uh... <laughs> if I can find it, I, I'm, like gonna go on, I'm gonna go on record and say no. Oh, are you I'll kidding me? I'll, I'll watch it for Eric Roberts. And Diaz, that's it. You know, Eric Roberts two. is like batshit crazy, though. Eric Roberts is like, he like he's talks, a great actor. He's a great actor, but he like talks to snails. Like, you never. <laughs> Who doesn't talk to snails? The snails in your fucking way. You gotta talk another way, man. Come on, you dude. I remember. Man. I remember when uh, Fiona Apple used to come. I think she was dating Brian Callen. Brian Callen back in the day. And she used to come to Bruco, which was like this little room that I ran. And uh, and she only wanted to watch comics bomb. Like she, she never wanted, if a good comic was on Well, stage, and she went to the right place. 
<laughs> and I asked Callan, I'm like, what's Fiona Apple like? He's like, dude, she's cool, but she starts talking to snails. Like, like literally. <laughs> uh, so, um, yes. So, yeah. So, uh, so Phil Baroni uh, allegedly got his uh, teeth knocked out by the guards. And there's a guy named John Bravo. This guy is like, you ever watch Mystery and Scandals back in the day with AJ Benza? Remember the, I, I know who AJ Benz is because he, he slapped was, your buddy on the Howard Stern show. That's John, yeah. He, this guy makes these documentaries. He's the most Italian guy you've ever seen in your life. And he's got like makeup More on. Than Baroni? Dude, it, it, this guy is and the way he talks, it's 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 insanity. Like he's like Phil Baroni, you know. Like he he whispers, he does these documentaries all on Phil Baroni for some reason. And the, <laughs> and the godfather Marlon Brando voice. Yeah, yeah he does. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and somehow he knows like about Phil Baroni, like his jail sentence. I don't know if he's making shit up, but he's allegedly Baroni after he killed the girl, had sex with her. Like, like he somehow knows all this shit about who his inmates are. Like, I, I don't know where this guy is getting his information from, but uh, you got to see John. John Krause's partner <laughs> in, in Europe. That's where he's getting it from. <laughs> So I guess Phil was like used to run with the Gambino crime family back in the day. He was a collector. Yeah. His dad was a cop turned informant, uh, turned turned mobster, and it just goes on and on about Phil Baroni's life. But uh, you heard what happened, Greg, right? Well, what with Baroni? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. And Down he got in Mexico. Yeah, but now he's in Juarez. He's in as in Juarez, and I guess you realize got, that is still Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, but he was somewhere else before that. And his teeth are knocked out. Yeah, he was in Mexico City originally. So, yeah, that's, it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. Um, it's not good. It's very, very bad. And I talked to a Mayhem update. Mayhem called me. He said he might be out soon. I guess they're closing the jail. The jail's having a going out of business sale. So they're letting the prison. Everybody's got to go. Can you imagine that? Look, seriously, if they let you out because they have to close, how awesome news would that be? You know what I mean? Like, you're sitting here like, dude, I can't do another 10 years of this. Well, good news, guys. We can't pay the bills. So head on uh, out. They're closing yeah, the jail. They're closing Chino State Prison, wherever he's at. Oh and um, so I guess he's getting out. So that's making room for McGregor. I know he's on his way there shortly, sooner or later. Gotta clear out some of that. Remember, like Naked Gun, one of the Naked Guns, like the guard wanted to break out of jail, and they were like, Doesn't he work here? <laughs> like, yeah, he wants out. <laughs> like, oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, so um, that's the MMA news. So, no fights next week. And then Saturday, February 4th in LA, it's, I'm telling you, it's last week. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Bador versus Fedor 2 is uh, oh, that's next week. That's February 4th. Okay. Uh, Fedor. And I guess Bellator is offering Ngannou. That says it's in Vegas. No, it's in LA. February 4th. No, for Bellator. Oh, Bellator. That's a, I forgot that's a real thing. Go <laughs> <laughs> around. Holy yes. So, and I guess they're trying to get Ngannou, but it's, uh, it's Ryan Bader versus Fedor 2. Uh, Bader won the first one. Um, and then this guy, Johnny Evil. Can I tell you something? Fedor, <laughs> come on. I mean, his his 
just the image looks like a retirement photo. Dude, he's I mean, the greatest, he's, greatest, he's the greatest of all time. One of them. There's a reason because he's been here for all of time. <laughs> he's uh, been in every era. No, yeah, I, you know, the sad thing about that really is that uh, apparently the Russian mob does not let go uh, of a grudge that easily. So like when they own you for 20 years, you're going to fight till you can't, uh, you know, fight anymore. Apparently, I, I highly doubt he's motivated at this point to continue fighting. And I highly doubt he's getting almost any of his money. That would be on Fry, a, 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 a prime Fry versus Fedor. Who wins? No, oh, that'd have been a great fight, man. I'd pay to see that fight. <laughs> Can great. we make it happen now? Can we still do it? Yeah. He's still fighting. Yeah, he's still fighting. No. I would have loved to have seen Fedor's expression when he armbarred Don Fry, broke his arm. Don didn't tap and continued to punch him with the other arm in Japan. And I was like, what do I do now when a guy I saw Don? I don't know what I don't I don't know what fight it was. I saw Don let a judo Olympian or something break his arm and still not tap and still like break it in half and try to get out. And when I asked Don about it, I said, dude, I never understood why didn't he tap? He said, Buddy, I was so high that night, I probably didn't even know I was in an arm bar. I was like, Oh, that's what was awesome. that? What fight was that, Don? I don't know, but it was uh, ugly. Yoshida, right? Yoshida. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he was wearing a gi, and I just know that there was no way out. It was obvious. Don wasn't getting out like he was stuck. You know, yeah. like I got the first time I ever tapped uh, in a fight was um, against. Uh, oh my god, I can't remember his name, but he's two-time Olympic gold medals in oh, judo. Ishii. Yeah, when he poked he poked me in the eye. He didn't mean to, but he poked me in the eye on the ground, which is the most pain I've ever felt in a fight, even more than when I dislocated my shoulder. He got me in a kimura, and I knew a judo. Uh, Olympian, I'm not getting out of that, especially if I can't see. You know what I mean? So I had to tap. I was like, I'm not going to be here with a broken arm, too. But yeah, I'd seen Don know he was breaking it and still not tap and continue to try to fight even after the ref was. Uh, that happened with Henzo, too. Henzo Gracie, same thing. Remember yeah. when Henzo got his Sakuraba, right? Well, Henzo's a nut. You know, Henzo's a, you know, he's, he's crazy. So um, this guy, Johnny. I feel like there's a common theme. <laughs> <laughs> With these fighters, present company accepted, of course. Right. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm in present company included. Uh, And you guys are fucking bananas. It was crazy. crazy. I mean, to go into fighting now, you're kind of crazy, but at least there's like rules and regulations. Money. Back when there was more money, back in Don doing, there was no money. They were headbutting. There was no fucking rules. There was no health insurance. Uh, you literally did it because you wanted to see how tough you were, right? Dude, the difference is, and I tell people this all the time, the difference is, is athletes fighting now versus fighters fighting back then. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Just like in any other sport, the best athletes have taken over, but they're not the toughest guys. You know, like they're not the toughest right, guys. Right, right, right. The toughest guys out there aren't athletic enough to do it, you know? so Yeah, no. It, um, I mean, it's still, though, the best ones are also great athletes, but they are still guys that just love to fucking inflict pain. And those are still the best fighters. So, and Bellator also on this card. This is actually a good card. Johnny Eblen, uh, who he um, he's undefeated. He was funny because I, I said like watching Bellator is like banging a chick with a hairy vagina. Not my first choice. I'll still do it. And then <laughs> and then he tweets out kind of like going to your show. I'm like, oh god, right? <laughs> so, gotta eat ass. Gotta eat ass. So of course I do a show in Florida and and like. 10 people show, I don't know, 20 people show up. And of course it's him. He's one of them. He has to come to that show, not the other one that had like 200. But he was a fucking great sport. So he's fighting uh, on this card. So is Tall Steve. We know Tall Steve. Right, yeah. Um, he's on the card too. Uh, this guy, Max Roshoff, who- Turn to put 
it's hard to really put your money down on a guy whose main attribute is just being tall. <laughs> He's undefeated. I want vicious Steve. I want, you know, thick skulled Steve. You've you obviously never Steve. seen. <laughs> You never saw Manute Bowl fight Refrigerator Perry, obviously, then. That was oh, a, listen, that's the just... best use of distance I've ever seen in my life. So, um, and two tall Jones fighting. That oh, was yeah. Amazing. That guy, his arm length was as tall as a guy's body, you know? Uh, Max Rochelle, who there's a guy who was in the UFC, and everyone kept saying how great he was. And here's a guy that I think he saw his mom get thrown out of a window by his dad when he was a kid. He had some kind of terrible trauma growing up. And he was in the fight in the UFC, and he kept telling his corner, I quit. I don't want to go out there. And his corner was like, no, you're, you're going out there. You're going out there. And it was, I've never seen it before. He basically wanted to quit and did quit. And it was just an awful situation. But I'm happy because the kid the kid kind of went laid low. Now he's 7-1. He's back. So I hope that his mom was married to Conor McGregor, and we're just now hearing that. I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> was, uh, when you're Conor McGregor's uh, – biological son you would think that he wouldn't uh, wouldn't have to fight himself uh <laughs> and then darion caldwell who i he was the champ for a second in bellator i thought he was the next big thing because he was a national champion he beat this guy brett metcalf who was a three-time national champion and don this is in the finals of the ncaa's he first of all he hits a guy with a head and arm throw which is like something that like you learn when you're like I don't know, seven. You don't hit on a, on a high level. He hit it against one of the best college wrestlers like ever who had beaten him. The guy was on a 76 fight winning streak when he fought, when he, when he wrestled him, NCAA finals. And look what he did at the, at the very end, which is still crazy. Watch this. You guys, can you, can you, you guys see? Yeah. Which one is he? This is a He's a black guy. He's a black guy. I don't know why it matters what color he is, but okay. Okay. World. You could have said the guy on the ground, but okay. Red shorts, okay. any other. It's five seconds left. Five seconds <laughs> left. He's up nine to six, right? Look what he starts doing. He starts doing backflips, right? Watch. I, 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 mine's not playing. Mine's not doing anything, yeah. That's too bad. Wow. Oh, so he started doing uh, front flips uh, to celebrate his win. And then the guy just ran into him, and he went like 20 feet off the wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> did, he, did he score points for it, the takedown? No, no, because he, he just rushed him. Uh, and then Caldwell won the NCAAs that way. So, uh, the most athletic stalling I've ever heard of. That's awesome. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? Take me down while I'm up? Like, you're going to, while I'm in the air? Like, it's a, it's a great idea. It's like when a basketball team, they're up by three and they just throw the ball in the air in the stadium, like 300 feet into the air. Like, yeah, what are you yeah, yeah. Like, what, like, you can't do anything without the ball. So, it's a good idea. Um, so, and then also, uh, Henry Corrales, who just also serves some time. I think he learned how to fight in jail or something. He's also on the card. He's fighting Magomedov. <laughs> should be, should be a good fight. Uh, Greg Hardy is now doing bare knuckle boxing. Uh, he's fighting my friend who actually has a head. Well, tattoo. that is the second to last rung before slap fighting. So this mm -hmm. makes sense. <laughs> and he, he hosted the open tryouts. Uh, there was a bare knuckle boxing open tryout in Orlando or in Florida, and, and Greg Hardy. Good old, the classic bare knuckle open. Uh, I, I, every year, I look forward to it. Now, the the thing is, it was it was a really intense competition held between two different dumpsters <laughs> <laughs> in an alley, you know, that it was hard to find. So it was it was you know it was some prestigious stuff. Uh, yeah, everything. 
The UFC, uh, February 4th, uh, also is going ahead to get into Bellator. The Black Beast is taking on Sergei Spivak. I, I've kind of given up on the Black Beast. I hate to say it. He, he just keeps letting me down. Um, you it, realize by saying that he's now going to win. <laughs> <laughs> every time you bet, every time you bet on him, he loses. And every time you write him off, he wins. Everyone, bet, put all you got on Derek Lewis. Versus yes. Sergey Spearback. Also on the card is Adam Adam Fuckett is fighting, or Adam Fugit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time you've heard that while performing. Like Adam Fuckett, dude. Just, Fine. just go, just go. He's fighting uh, Kinoshita. Uh, Devin Clark is taking on Dung Ang Chung. Um, what? 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 That, that's that's actually what they call a bathroom. <laughs> a Kino he, needs to, he needs to fight fuck it. You know, don't tell me I cannot tell you how many times I've said dumb on fun while driving and someone cut me off. Like I'll tell you what, it's uh and then you say fuck it. Where is this? This is in Las Vegas. This is not okay. I don't know what's going on here. It's UFC, the one you were looking at first. I know, but it's like okay, so normally when you see a a, a racially dominant card it's because it's in that country you see a lot of brazilians it's in brazil you see a lot of a lot of uh dagestani fighters it's over in like abu dhabi or something like that you know it's close to where they get to this card is like all asian fighters but it's in las, las vegas. vegas yeah it's weird the, the, right? that, that's what's kind of tripping me out here i mean tourism you know tourism to get, get all the all the uh asians come over and lose their money you know Maybe so, because you have Duho Choi, you have Yusaka Kinoshita, you have uh, uh, this guy, Zhong uh, Yong Li, Yi Jia, uh, Toyosha Kazama, Ryo Nakamura, Hunson Park, Senkong Choi. I'm not making these up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ji Yun Kim, I mean, it, uh, Zhong Yong Park, Dennis Tunin, I mean, Tatsaro Tyra. I mean, it's over and over. You have like 14 Asian fighters. And yet, this isn't in Malaysia. This isn't in Japan. This isn't. They must, in have, got, they must have had a relocator or something. It must have been like a fight night in somewhere that they. they I it's heard very. Uh, it's very odd to me. It's just odd to have a a a you know a racially dominant car like this that's in just randomly in Las Vegas. It just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I heard the uh, event plant, like the event host, like whatever stadium it is, is having problems with their parking attendants wanting to strike, and so they're like, "We'll show you. Oh, we'll show you what it's like to work." So they booked the event. You ever then, you ever uh, hear that like uh you ever hear what that plane crash in like China happened? The guy called it. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah. That was the word. You ever hear that, Greg? What no, no, no. What it was like, I think it was a flight somewhere, and some guy calls in and he's like, they're like they, the ladies are right. he got the he got the news account, the newscaster to say it. Like it wasn't even him saying it. Was like, just just in, just in a plane crash. Uh, here are the victims are like or you know, the uh we too low. Uh holy, holy shit. Fook. Yeah. Like, we like, Oh, like, oh, me, God. Like, he started, it was like, like, what the fuck? Like, the names were all fucking, like, funny Asian names. <laughs> and the guy read it on the air. And then and the, the last one was Bing Dang Pow or something like that. Like, holy fuck, we too low. Um, yeah. And then he had to go and apologize afterwards. Like, uh, I just want to say those were not the names of the people. <laughs> that was... Yeah, you need to you need to YouTube that immediately once this comes off here. It's one of the greatest moments in television history. <laughs> it was like so fucking terrible. 
but but what an idiot for like believing it though. I mean, the, I mean, well, it, it's like uh, Ron Ron uh, Ron Burgundy. He'll read anything on on the yeah <laughs> on the prompter. Yeah, you oh, put it yeah. on there. Him and Biden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking at this and the majority of them are from South Korea. So I don't, I don't, I don't we have a couple Japan, mostly South Korea. I, I, again, it seems like this was supposed to be maybe in Seoul or something. And it just, um, it didn't work out. And they're like, all right, well, just bring them all here. I suppose it's very odd that it stands out to me. Yeah. It's super, it's super crazy. Uh, so it's something like golden week over in Asia that, you know, Beginning of the year, they have Golden Week. Everybody takes the week off, so it could be a you know international holiday for the Asians. And then they and they're just trying to they're just trying money. to get them to Vegas to spend yeah. that money. Yeah, you know they might. You know what I didn't say, Don. You may well be be correct. They may be like, listen, get them over here, bring that money to us, not us sending it yeah. to them. So maybe that's what it is. They're trying to bring uh, more of those tourism dollars to Las Vegas. So I do have it a certainly uh, I have it a, certainly looks that way. I've got a little. I've got a related story to that. It was funny when the UFC, you know, the first time I fought was in my hometown. They had me, Matt Mitrione, and Chris Lytle all on the card, right? So three local guys. We sold it out. It was 18,000 people uh, for Frank Mir versus Crow Cop was the main event. Something nobody really cared to see. Sold it out. So um, I had lost a couple and then one, I think I beat the Pujanowski. And I asked Joe Silva, they, they were coming back to Indianapolis. And I said, hey, I would really love to fight on that card. You guys are coming here to Indianapolis in three months if i get a couple more wins you know locally can i get on that card no we don't need uh local ticket sellers anymore we sell out everywhere we go and i was like oh, okay no problem so matt mitrione hits him up and says hey i fight the next week in australia after that can i fight in indianapolis instead it saved you guys tens of thousands of dollars and travel and all this other stuff you know i could just do it from home i don't have to go to australia nope uh and this is like three months out we don't need local ticket sellers uh and matt's like i really would like to and the other guy agreed matt called his opponent he said i'd rather fight in indianapolis and go to australia i've been to australia three times you know or whatever so no nope, we're going to do that chris lytle who had retired at the time hits him up i'll come back to fight in indianapolis if you want we don't need local ticket sellers thanks anyway wow. um you know like just completely blew him off like nothing so they sold 2200 tickets in a twenty thousand seat arena and they were nice enough to give me nosebleed seats when I requested tickets to the event. So I had to, I had to first walk to my seat. It was one of the top rows of the entire event when the bottom bowl was about a quarter full. And then I walked down to my thing, but they had to usher me to the first one. That's how nice the UFC was to me uh, on tickets. But uh, yeah, they sold 2,200 tickets and then gave away like 1,500. And there was less than 3,000 people there. And I wanted so bad to text Joe Silva and ask him if he still didn't need local ticket sellers. But, uh, you know, I decided why make an enemy. But uh, yeah, it was uh, that was so great. I mean, no way. It was Carlos Condit versus so somebody no one's ever heard of was the main event. Let they me ask you something them. else, though. And this is what sticks out to me about that story. Was that the first and last time you thought, I don't want to make an enemy? <laughs> maybe the only maybe the only I feel, I feel like that was the only time you ever thought and followed that thought i feel like the the, the mccorkle formula is good idea you know like, it was oh. right after i turned my back on the united states for poland too so that may have had something to do with it there you go there so it, it got it finally it got announced that dan hooker uh, who won his last fight against that guy that went for like ninety thousand Eminari rolls remember he kept going for it and it was like He's fighting uh, Jalen Turner, whose nickname is the Tarantula, because as a kid, he was scared of tarantulas. So now he has 5,000 of them. Like uh, Batman. <laughs> Spider-Man, huh? No, oh, Batman oh, was the one that was afraid of bats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then he now, became the Batman. Spider-Man so, just got bit by a spider. 
Dude, he, uh, he's like this six foot two uh, black dude, but he's teammates with this guy that I met that was crazy. So he had a fetish where he wanted to have sex with girls by popping, uh, he, he wanted to pop wine bottles in their assholes. Like that was his fetish. Like he liked to- I mean champagne bottles. Yeah, champagne bottles. Right, yeah, yeah, champagne bottles. Okay, wine bottles, you gotta put the whole thing in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a tough move. You gotta yeah. basically go through the mouth if you want to pop a wine bottle, you right, go right, through right. The, you know, yeah, yeah, it was a champagne. Champagne, bottle. you can okay. He liked to like have sex with girls with champagne bottles, uh, in the front and back. Uh, like that was his fetish. Like I'm like, dude, there's not even a category for that on like you porn. Like that's like a you can't even. That's crazy. Have you have you ever had a girl with a crazy fetish, Don? Yeah. <laughs> She kept calling me McCorkle the whole time, you know. <laughs> that is a fetish. Uh, yeah. uh, Greg, you probably have gotten some girls with some crazy fetishes, right? Nah, not really, you know. I mean, if there is a fetish, it's uh, pity sex with comedians. Yeah. <laughs> I heard, a, I had a fighter tell me one time, his name rhymed with Matt Mitrione, that uh, he was banging a chick once, and uh, she wanted him to spit in her mouth while they were doing it. And uh, I said, so did you? He was like, yeah, I did. And I said, you know what I think, Matt? He said, what's that? I said, I think the story is the other way around. I think you wanted her to, and you asked her and she did it. Cause yeah. it sounded like, you know, I got a buddy. He's uh, he's, he's thought about sucking a dick every now and then. I told him, I mean, what would you think about something like that, Greg? Like, I mean, the guy that wants to suck a dick, I, I, I started out a deal breaker for me, you know I mean? Unless you think it's stupid, you know, like, um, but yeah, I, I said, I think that's what happened. And his face got real red and everybody started laughing. Like, so I knew that's actually what had happened. He was just kind of... <laughs> I had a girl that asked me to punch her in the face. And I, I I said, no, I was like, bro, I'm not gonna, she's like, I don't care if I have a black eye. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not gonna. That's, that's not called gonna. rape. <laughs> yeah, that's well, cool. I, I had a friend who told me that it, this girl did was like, she's like, I wanna, I'm gonna leave the door open and you act like you're breaking in and, you know, do the whole thing. And he's like, uh, I have a thing with not going to jail. So I'm gonna just not do that. All right. Well, that's our podcast today. Uh, listen, so really, uh, oh my god, Greg, what do you have coming up? Uh, let's see. Where am I? I'm coming up. Uh, going to be in Vegas on uh, this Saturday. I will be at the Improv doing super funny. Uh, so check that out. We'll be in the lab. Then we'll be in Vegas at the the Dirty at twelve thirty, the South Point. Also, Jimmy Comedy, Jimmy Kimmel's Comedy Club on the Thursday before that on February second. Uh, then I will be at the Stir Crazy Comedy Club in Glendale, Arizona on Super Bowl weekend. For those of you rich enough to be there, I will be there too. And then I will be at TK's Comedy Club in Dallas at the end of February, last weekend of February. I think it's like the 20, uh, 26, 27, 27, 28, somewhere in there. So that last weekend of February, check me out at TK's in Dallas. And Sean, how's your gay dog? Dude, I actually have a litter of puppies right now. I forgot how much fun it's not. Uh, and with the economy way it is, I'm probably not going to have much luck making money on me either. So it's a nightmare. Um, I uh, I got a lot of stuff going on, but uh, no good news. Other than uh, your buddy Theo Vaughn is nice enough. He's going to meet my son and nephews. He comes to Indianapolis this weekend. And I figured, why not harass his manager even more and ask for another favor since you hooked me up with him? Please, and I was like, you want I was like, dude, I, I can't even believe I want to ask you when I'm, when my son saw a picture with Theo Vaughn, he's like, dad, can I please meet him when he comes to Indianapolis? I was like, dude, I'll make it happen. Not realizing it's going to be six weeks after you called that favor in for me I to meet care. him and go backstage. And then I was like, so I hit the dude up. I said, dude, wrote him probably a 10 page text. 
if the answer is no, I understand. I can't even believe I have to ask. I told, swore to my son, I would ask. He said, I'll make it happen. Don't worry about it. He said, uh, you know, it's no big deal, which uh, I would have held a grudge um, and probably made him pay for it if he just said no. But, uh, you know, I appreciate it uh, from him and from uh, you, man, because it means the world to my son and my nephews. I think it's the the coolest thing ever. And I said, listen, we're going to be in there 30 seconds. Cause I'm not, I'm not, you know what I mean? Who wants to, you guys know how it is when people want to meet you. No one wants to stand there and talk to you for someone you don't know for 15 minutes. So, or uh, get a 10 page text, but you know, right, whatever. Yeah, read the text. <laughs> well, what's funny Jeez, is he was, you couldn't condense that request down to fucking one paragraph. You, you know, to, what's awesome is he responded to with send the dead sea scrolls after this motherfucker. He probably he, just agreed to it to stop dude, reading. He, I swear to God, he responded within 10 seconds. And I was like, there's no way he read that whole text. You know what I mean? Like immediately said, I'll make it happen. Don't worry about it. Just text me day of the show. Like, and I was like, damn, he's either the fastest reader ever, or he just saw, I got a favor to ask. When I wrote, when I wrote pinned as a feature, I sent it to Chael. I'm like, Hey, Chael, will you attach your name to it? He goes, I love the script. It's brilliant. Within three seconds. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite. I've never read anything like it. When it it came out on video, I was the first one to buy it. I was like, Chael, have you read it? He goes, you're a fucking Scorsese. (laughs) I was like, okay, like, Don, what do you got coming up? Uh, um, I got a brain tumor surgery coming up here um, in a few days. And, um, and, um, because um, I have a memory issues. And, um, <laughs> oh, oh, I, I never know if Don is serious. Like, I feel oh, really bad because I was like, waiting for the first time. I can never tell if he's serious. Is it real? Because I feel like he would do it himself. I feel like he would do it himself. Yeah, it's not scheduled at the hospital. Don's got a brain surgery. Yeah, yeah, he's got he's got a fucking wine cork and he's just gonna right. yeah. a bottle of Jack Daniels and his, he's gonna pop that cork out his own ass and also don't forget, guys, uh, those watching, you want to learn stand-up, I have my streaming class mastering stand-up at comedyinstitute.teachable.com. Or just watch Brendan Schaub and do the exact opposite. Don. Okay, so Don and Dan's Toxic Masculinity Podcast. And Don, have you figured out where the Comic-Con is? Because you said three states last time. Oh, did I? Uh, It could be in Charlotte, it could be in South Carolina, it could be in Tennessee. I just said he has a brain tumor and Adam's harassing him for having memory problems on where he's going. He just said, I got a brain tumor. Oh, yeah, well, idiot, can't remember anything. I mean, I gotta, at least I got to narrow down the U.S. You know, shit. Hold on, let me, let me, let me. God, are you actually having brain surgery, or were you kidding? I was kidding. I don't have any okay. brains to surgery on. <laughs> they, they did exploratory surgery, and found nothing when they. Yeah. Yeah, they, like, what? they were like, "Well, it's not that." Oh, by the way, they, shout they, out to my friend. Shout out to my friend. Opium. My friend Jita, who is a transgender uh, fighter. Uh, she was, uh, you know, someone that was born a man. Uh, now she's a female and she was fighting men. Well, now she's doing her first boxing match against another transgender. So it's a, a trans boxing match. Wait, wait is so this she where was... you're going to be performing? <laughs> no, I just want to give a shout out to her. Did she, she, wait. Where she... are you performing? <laughs> I'm in Vegas, February 27th to March 4th at the uh, at the Laugh Factory. What were you saying? Uh, Wait, so he transitioned and then as a woman fought men? Yes. Yes. And the men took... Uh, dude, I, I can't live in this world anymore. I don't know what's going on. Like, <laughs> if you transition to your woman, how can you fight a man because the man is now hitting the woman? Like, that doesn't, like, it... Uh, 
He was, I'm yeah, sure. yeah. Basically, it was a, yeah. That's exactly what happened. I mean, it's respectable at least. You know what I mean? Still fight men if you were born a man, but it. I don't. I, I don't know, man. I don't I'm know. surprised you don't show more enthusiasm for this concept. <laughs> man, I'm a fan right away. <laughs> no, you two, you two guys. No, she's hilarious. Title, the girl, the girl came to my show and she goes, uh, oh, I, I, I tweeted, I go, I go, she's got balls, right? And she thought that was the funniest thing. And she goes, cancel culture can suck my dick. That's what she told me. She still has the penis. What happened? Oh, God. Yeah, what happened was she started transitioning and then it was giving her blood clots. So she had to stop the treatment. So she's got implants, but she also has a cock. Uh, supposedly she got a big cock too. Uh, that's what she told me. Oh, I thought you meant she still had it like in a pickle jar or something. And I was like, that's what, she- what I was thinking that she kept it as a souvenir, you know, yeah, like, uh, She's trading at the Don's ex-wife for some of his MMA memorabilia she got in the divorce or something. Like, I don't like know what. Game of Thrones when they made it. <laughs> no, she still has an honor. She's, like that. she's the best. She did the podcast. She's cool. Well, she can still trade at the Don's ex-wife regardless then, I guarantee you, for something that she stole from him in the divorce. So she's boxing yeah. against a transgender who's a really good boxer. But she's like one in three in her MMA fights, but she's good. She's actually, she wins. She, she hits hard. She hits real fucking hard. Uh, like you hang out with her a lot, huh? <laughs> listen congrats to her that's uh, listen she, she's doing what she loves she's pursuing her passion we, you know we can you're not, you're not hitting her you're not hitting her during sex she's hitting you during sex her, her, nick, her nickname is the man eater she goes by Jita the man eater of course <laughs> Don's ex-wife was cheater the man eater so yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh all right. This well, is, this listen, is, can uh, we just? Can we just? I don't know what to say anymore. You guys, are the best. I love you guys. Have a good week. Yeah. Take care.